Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week, our podcast features an episode of The Avenger called Rendezvous with Murder, plus a special episode of a different program afterwards. The Avenger episode first aired on June 22nd, 1945. Avenger. The road to crime ends in a trap that justice sets. Crime does not pay. Avenger's sworn enemy of evil is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator, by which he is able to pick up thought flashes, and the secret diffusion capsule, which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and Rendezvous with Murder. There's a train coming, Bates. We'd better hide over there behind the bushes until it goes past. Oh, nobody will notice us, Tapper. It's nearly done. I'm not taking any chances. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Now we're out of sight here. Yeah, well, who's going to see us out here in this lonely road, I'd like to know? The brakeman or the engineer, maybe. How many years do you have to spend in the pen before you learn not to take any chances on witnesses? Oh, lay off that tavern, will you? We're out now, ain't yeah, we? Yeah, but I'm not forgetting them five years, Bates. I know because you bungle a small-time stick-up. Why, we could have pulled this Glenhurst bang job long ago if we hadn't landed in the jug. Fly low till the train goes past. Yeah. Okay, it's gone. Let's get out of here, Tapper. This, this place gives me the creeps. Yeah. I'd just as soon forget what happened to this crossing myself. Yeah. Say, is this the spot where we planted that contractor on the track six years ago? Sure it is. Yeah, right down the road. There's a place where you and me jumped out of the car and sent it headlong into the 815. Yeah, that's right. Say, I recognize it now. Hey, what'd you come this way for, Tapper? I don't I don't like to think of that guy we bumped off. You know, murder's one rap you can't. Shut be... up. Nobody said it was murder, did they? The police said it was an accident, just like we planned. It was a pretty slick job all around. Well, maybe, but I still don't see why we had to park our car and come this way. I suppose you'd sooner go down Main Street so everybody could get a gander at us, huh? Oh, we're here. Turn, turn this way, through these gates. Hey, Tapper, what's the idea? That's a graveyard. Sure. 
And there ain't a better place for two guys to lay low for a couple of hours. Come on. Oh, I don't like this, Tapper. It's it's like... Well, like the coppers are always shooting off about. Returning to the scene of the crime. It's it's like we was trying to put a jinx on ourselves. Oh, damn that kind of gab. What's the matter, Bates? Are you turning yellow? No. Only I Come was Come on, just... then. We'll go over there under them trees and stretch out and have a smoke. Yeah. Well, how long we got to wait in this place? Well, it won't be safe to start working on the bank until close to midnight. I figure it shouldn't take us more than an hour to pull out that little section of wall, grab the swag, cover our tracks, and hit the road. Oh, right. yeah, let's let's sit down here. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, give me a light, will you, Bates? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, look, look at that, will you? What now? That, that tombstone. L- look what it says. Put your flashlight on it and, and stop blubbering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hold it steady, will you? Okay. In memory of Peter Moultrie. It's a contractor guy we bumped off. That was his name, Moultrie. P- Peter Moultrie. Hey, hey, yeah, that's him, all right. Well, I'm getting out of here. Stay where you are, Bates. This guy, Moultrie's been dead and buried for almost six years. He can't hurt us. Yeah, but, Tapper, I tell you, this place is a jinx. Let's pull out, huh? Hey, you nuts. Sit down. We've got some plans to make. Yeah, but this job's got the finger on it, Tapper. I I can feel Shut it. Shut up and listen to me. There's a couple of hundred grand just waiting for us down there in the Glenhurst Bank. All we got to do is go in and take it. I know. Now, but here's I... the blueprint of the bank I snitched when we was helping build the place. Yeah. Yeah, hold, hold the light a little lower. All right. Uh, okay. Now, here's the section of the back wall we rigged. Plenty of room to crawl through. Yeah, but what if somebody hears us knocking the wall out? Not a chance. We fixed that section so it's as weak as putty. Now, this muffled hammer will loosen the bricks. Well, are you sure about the alarm tap? Sure. Hey, remember how we looped the wires? Uh-huh. That'll keep the alarm dead within the limits I've marked here. Now... How about the vault? You got all that dope straight, Bates? Yeah, yeah, I can open that all right. Now, we got to be careful about fingerprints. Don't forget, we've got a record now, and they'll nab us pronto if we leave any calling cards. Uh-huh. I got all that. Okay. Now, after we put the dough in the car, we go back and patch up that hole in the wall. That's the part I don't like. I don't see why you want to do that, Tapper. Because that'll give us a whole extra day to get away. That's why. Now, this is Saturday night. If nobody notices anything wrong with the wall... The stick-up won't be discovered until Monday morning. Yeah. I guess you're right at that. Now, now let's grab a couple hours' rest. We'll need it when we start driving. Here? Sure. This is the best place in the world to sleep. (laughs) Sweet dreams, pal. What's that? Hey, Tapper! Hey, Tapper! Take it easy, Bates. Well, what's it? Wait a minute. It's only a dog running down toward the freight yard. Oh. What time is it, Tapper? Uh, 10.30. It's time for us to start moving, huh? Bates, I've been thinking. There's just one thing that could trip us up on this job. What's that? It's a long shot, but it's the kind of long shot I don't like. Well, listen, Tapper... You can count me out if it ain't foolproof. I ain't going to do anything. We can make it foolproof, Bates. Uh, well, I, I don't get you. Well, when we was helping build that bank, we went under phony names and kept to ourselves. Yeah, we was careful, all right. You you wouldn't let me go no yeah, place. Yeah, but do you remember Moultrie's little girl coming around one day and taking pictures of all the men on the job? No, no, I don't remember that. Well, she did. Later, I got the negatives from her, but now I'm wondering if she might have kept them pictures. Well, what if she did? What's the difference? Plenty. The minute this stick-up's discovered and they get a gander at that pulled-out wall, the coppers will know it was framed by somebody who helped build the place. <laughs> and then they'll start investigating all them guys, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but they'll be up a blind alley about us because of them phony names. Huh? That's where the pictures figure in. That girl would turn them in and the police would match them up with two guys in the rogues' gallery by the name of Tapper and Bates. Oh, that sells it. Count me out. Nothing doing. You and me are going to pay a little visit to Miss Janice Moultrie. We've got to get them pictures. Oh, not me. You're not I... afraid to steal a few snapshots from a kid, are you? No, only... Well, look, Tapper, she she won't be a kid now. She'll, she'll be grown up. So what? Nothing, I guess. Well, when do we get started? In another ten minutes. 
Say, Tapper, what if that Moultrie girl gets in our way? Then it's just going to be too bad for her. Because I'm not going to let any dame stand between me and that money. We'll get them pictures, Bate. If we have to plant that girl right down there beside her old man. Jim, it was sweet of you to drive all the way down here to Glenhurst to take Janice and me to the charity rally. Pure selfishness on my part, Fern. I miss you when you go away for weekends. Oh, that's nice. For a while, it looked as though both Janice and I were going to be stood up. Why? I thought Bill Cummings was going along. He called Janice half an hour ago. He has to work. Oh. Something about drawing up a will for a sick client. Oh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to seeing Bill again. Well, maybe after the rally. No, I can't. Inspector White's going to call me at my hotel at 11.30. I'll have to be there to get his call. We'll have to leave the rally early then. Dinner will be ready in a few minutes. I bet you both starve. Oh, Fern is always starving, Janice. Tell me, did she have an appetite like that when she went to school? <laughs> always. But how she managed to keep slim on it was what stymied the rest of us. I see where I'm in for a ribbon. <laughs> Jim, I'm awfully glad you could come. I wanted to talk to you about Dad. Your father? Yes. Janice still isn't convinced that it was an accident, Jim. No, I'm not, Jim. Oh, I know it was a long time ago, and... Everyone seems to have forgotten all about it except me. Well, it's natural for you to feel like that, Janice, but the police investigated the case thoroughly at the time, and there was no hint of foul play. I know all that, Jim, but I knew my father. He was a most careful driver, and it was never established what he was doing out there on that lonely road that night. Well, I'll recheck all the evidence tomorrow, if it'll make you feel any better, Janice. Thanks, Jim. Oh, hello, Bosco, old boy. Come here, boy. <laughs> well, I believe old Bosco's glad to see me. Oh, Bosco, get down. No, no, it's all right, Janice. Come on, boy. Hiya, boy. Hiya, fella. We'd better go Come into on, dinner boy. now so we can get started for the rally. Don't bother getting out of the car, Jim. You'd better drive straight to the hotel to get the inspector's call. Yeah, it's uh, 11 o'clock now. After your call comes, Jim, why don't you pick up Bill at his office and both of you come back for a snack? Yes, do. Oh, that'll be fine. Now, let's see. Bill's office is on the second floor of the bank building, isn't it? That's right. We'll expect you in about an hour, then. Yeah, maybe less. So long. Bye, Jim. I wonder where Bosco is. He usually meets us at the gate. Oh, he's probably down at the freight yards. The men down there on the meat cars are always feeding him. Oh, oh they spoil him terribly. <laughs> now, where's my key? Oh, here it is. Oh, I'm glad you're here, Fern. I always dread coming into this house alone when Aunt Martha's away. What was that? Oh, Bosco must be here. Turn on the living room light, Fern. Bosco! Bosco, where are you? Stay right where you are, both of you. What do you want? What are you men doing in my house? We just dropped in to have a look at your picture album, Miss Moultrie. My picture album? Yeah, where is it? I won't tell you. No? Well, maybe this gun will make you change your mind. Now I remember you. I remember both of you. You worked for my father on the bank construction job six years ago. You've got a good memory, Miss Moultrie, and that's just too bad for you. Now, talk. Where's them pictures? I won't give them to you. Well, we'll see. Give her the arm treatment, Bates. I'll keep this other dame covered. All right, sister. Start singing and make it fast. We're in a hurry. Let me go. Uh, no. There you are. No, I won't tell. Oh, let her alone. Oh, help, help. Shut up, you. Well, Miss Moultrie, are you going to talk, or does Bates have to break your arm? Oh, tell them, Janice. Don't let them hurt you like that. All right. Let go of my arm. I'll tell you. Be quick about it, then. The album's in a chest in that closet. Get it, Bates. Okay. I know what you're after now. You want those pictures I took of you. Smart girl. Too smart. Hey, you find it, Bates? Yeah, the album's here, all right. Well, hurry up. See if the pictures are in it. Yeah, well. Uh, here they are. Hey, they're good, too. Now, will you take them and get out of here? Uh, we'd be pretty dumb to do that, wouldn't we? No, you two dames are coming with us. Coming with you? Why? Security reasons. I've learned that the only good witness is a dead witness. You can't get away with a thing like this. You Thanks. know you... 
Go bring the car up in front of the house. We're all going for a little ride. the Avenger and the Rendezvous with Murder. Why, this is the freight yard. Why have you brought us here? We're going to let you off easy. We're sending you two dames off on a little trip. What are you talking about? You'll see. Uh, Pull up here, Tepper. Get out and open up one of them refrigerator cars, Bates. Sure. No. No, please, you're Come on, to... this is the end of the line. Get out. Fern, what can we do? Nothing. Get out, I said. And one peep out of either of you, and it'll be your last. How you doing, Bates? Over here, Tapper. These cars are packed and ready to go. I got one of the doors open, though. Okay. Throw the dames in. Okay, come on, Please, Susie. Get me. in there. I'd rather be sorry. Throw her inside, Bates. All right, Tepper. Now the other one. Come no. on, Bill. Come on, yeah. lift your Get in there. Yeah. There we are. Now close the door and fix the lock. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's that. Come on, Bates. Keep pounding, Janice. Maybe someone will hear us before the freight pulls out. I can't, Fern. My hands are getting numb. Oh, pound hard. It'll keep the circulation going. What's the use? We're doomed, Fern. We might as well face it. Oh, Janice, don't give up, please. It's Bosco. Oh, yes. Call to him, Janice. Bosco. Bosco, it's Janice. Get help, Bosco. Jim Brandon, Bill. Well, must have gone, I guess. Well, that's strange. Bill wouldn't leave his office unlocked. I'll just take a look. What's that hammering, I wonder? It's coming from below that back window. Ah, something very interesting going on down there. I wonder if Bill could have seen that. Better flash my light around here before I could... Bill! Somebody knocked him out cold. Now it looks as though this is another job for the Avenger. Hold it a minute, Bates. Huh? What's up? 
Yeah. It's a copper pounding his beat on the other side of the street. Yeah, that Flatfoot better keep moving if he knows what's good for Shut him. Shut up. Is he gone? Uh, yeah. He, he's just turning the corner now. Okay. We can get back to work. Right. I'm finished at this end. How about you, Bates? Well, just a little more. Okay. Did you check the wires, Tepper? Yeah. Uh, just like we left them six years ago. Okay. I'm ready. Good. Uh, crawl in. The vault's right inside on the left. Yeah, yeah, I know. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Oh, boy, oh, boy, what a setup. This plan was foolproof. There's the vault, Bates. Get busy. Hey, uh, give me some light here, will you? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Gotta hand it to you, Tapper. This was a pretty sweet idea you dreamed up six years ago. <laughs> now you're willing to admit it was worth bumping off Moultrie for, huh? <laughs> sure was. You know, that dough is as good as ours right now. What was that? You heard a funny noise. Yeah, so did I, but... But there can't be anybody in here. Can't there, Tapper? Who's there? It's the Avenger, Tapper. I'm here to settle an old score for Peter Moultrie. Somebody framed us, Tapper. Let's blow No. He's one against the two of us. We can take care of him. Grab that crowbar, Bates. I'll flash the light around. We'll find him. There's nobody here, Tapper. He's gone. No, I'm still here, Bates, but you can't see me. The voice came from that corner. Start swinging, Bates. Oh! Somebody hit Keep me. swinging, you fool. We've got him cornered. Well, I think I hit something, Tapper. Hey, give me the light. Yeah. I don't see nothing. Well, that's mighty funny. I hit somebody, but there's nobody here. You're nuts. He got away. That's what. Yeah. Come on, Bates. we got to take it on the lamp. The cops will be here in a minute. They won't get far. As soon as I set off this burglar alarm, I'll start after them. <laughs> I'm giving her all she got. This jalopy ain't got wings, you know. Hey, hey, look, Chapper. There's a car following her. Yeah? Hey, you're right. Hey, it must be that Avenger guy. I told you you didn't get him. I did. I hit him, but then he... Daddy disappeared, I know. He scrammed. That's what he did. Hey, he's gaining on us. Give him a dose of lead, Bates. It's him or us now. Well, I'll try to hit his tires. Uh, did you get him? No, he's still coming. He's turned his headlights off. Try again. We're going too fast, Tapper. I can't get a bead on him. Hey. There's a railroad crossing up ahead and a freight's coming. Yeah. If we can beat that freight to the crossing, we can lose this guy. It'll be close, but it's our only chance. Sit tight. Hey. What's the matter with a car, Tapper? I don't know. The engine's missing. It's like we're out of gas. We can't make it, Tapper. Stop. We gotta make it. Hey, we're still on the track. Jump, Tapper! Over here, bring your light. Well, if I ever saw anybody ask for what they got, those fellas did. Know who they were? Yeah, they just broke into the bank in Glenhurst. I saw them making a getaway and followed. Yeah? Well, they didn't get far. No, they certainly didn't. Say, that's Bosco. Come here, Bosco. You must Come have here, followed boy. the freight all the way from the yard. Down. Down, Bosco, down. What's the matter, boy? What is it? Oh, he's after scraps from that refrigerator car. I don't think so. I'm going to have a look. What is it, Bosco? What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Somebody's in there. What's up? Somebody's inside that car, Brakeman. I heard a pounding on the door. I don't hear anything. Open up that car. I tell you, there's someone in there. Listen, bud, there can't be anybody in there. That's a sealed car. Sealed? Take a look at that door. That railroad seal's been broken. Yeah, you're right. Okay, mister, I'll open her up. Janice, give me a hand, Brayton. Sure. Jim. There, there, it's all right, Fern. You're safe now. Here, quick. Help me get him out of here. They're almost frozen. 
Are you sure you feel well enough to drive home today, Fern? Yes, I'm all right now, Jim. Of course, I don't feel in the mood for any winter sports yet. Have another hot drink, Fern. Thank you, Janice. There's just one more thing I'm not quite clear on, Jim. And what's that, Janice? Why did those criminals try to get rid of Bill? I think Bill can get you straight on that. What happened, Bill? Well, I was hard at work in my office when I heard a strange hammering sound below the back window. I looked out and saw two men down below. But when I called down to find out what was going on, they just disappeared around the side of the building. I decided to go down and investigate. But before I had time to get out of the office, the two men came in. One of them turned off the light and covered me with a flashlight. And the other one must have worked his way around behind me and hit me over the head. I see. Then when Jim came to call for you, he discovered what was going on. That's right. As soon as I saw what Tapper and Bates were up to, I went down and drained the gasoline out of their car and then followed them into the bank. I wanted to get a line on them, so I listened to them talking for a while before I did anything. What did you find out, Jim? Well, they were boasting about how they'd planned the robbery six years ago. Evidently, Janice's father discovered what they were doing, so they killed him and made it look like an accident. Mm -hmm. But if you were in the bank with them, Jim, how did they make a getaway in their car? Well, that hole in the wall left the bank wide open. I had to sound the alarm before I followed them. Anyway, I knew they couldn't get far with a gas tank that was practically empty. It really seems as though those two men had a rendezvous with justice at that crossing, doesn't it? Yes, it was another so-called perfect crime that backfired. Well, now you just try to put it out of your mind now, Janice. Okay, Bill. Come on, I'll put a fresh dressing on your head. The doctor said to change it every hour. Yes, Nursie. We'll be back in a minute. Take your time. Jim, one doesn't have to be a detective to figure out that we'll be coming to Glenhurst for a wedding very soon. It certainly looks that way, Fern. Jim, do you suppose that we could... Could, uh, what, Fern? Do you suppose that we could... could have picked up all this on a telepathic indicator if we had stayed at home? Characters, names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is a thought, a thought, a thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. Tell me if this sounds a bit familiar. Jim Brandon, famous biochemist, created two super inventions, which quite naturally he tested upon himself. The telepathic indicator with which he can read the thoughts of others, and the secret diffusion capsule, which turns him invisible. If you're thinking, wow, that sounds a lot like the shadow, well, you'd be right. This show, which aired in 1945, was a pretty blatant ripoff of the shadow. But then again, if you're like me and you like the shadow, you should like the Avenger. Jim Brandon is aided by his beautiful assistant, Fern Collier. And that's why the underworld fears the man known as the Avenger. And it's also why we have a special bonus episode of The Shadow this week coming up right now. Again, Blue Coal Dealers present radio's strangest adventurer, The Shadow. Mystery man who strikes terror into the very hearts of shops, lawbreakers, and criminals. 
Today, Blue Coal brings you the Shadow's latest adventure, The Bride of Death. The Shadow begins its exciting adventure in just a moment. Meanwhile, I'd like to make a suggestion to all you homeowners. To protect your family's health and save real money in the bargain, burn Blue Coal. For Blue Coal gives you uniform, helpful, economical heat all winter long. Its harmless blue coloring is your guarantee of better heat at less cost. So when you are buying fuel, insist on Blue Coal. It's Pennsylvania's finest hard coal. Order a trial ton from your nearest Blue Coal dealer tomorrow. Money at this hour of the night. May I come in? Oh, all right. I, uh, I'm the Reverend Colby from the fishing village below. I want to see Mrs. Ackley. She has retired. Come tomorrow. I must see her tonight. Why? My daughter, Isabel, is here. She's Mrs. Ackley's companion, but I've come to take her home. Ah, because Isabel, she does not wish to leave. I've come to fetch her. I'm a man of the cloth, a man of peace. I will not leave without her. Let me by. Parker! Matar! Visitor! Stop him! Yes, Matar! At you command! Let go of me! Take your hands off me, you heathen devils! Put him out! Keep him out! Wait! Mrs. Ackley! I will see him. How dare you break into my house this way, Reverend Colby? Because I will not have my daughter stay in a house that harbors evildoers, Mrs. Ackley. There's talk in the village of heathen rites performed by this man who calls himself prophet of the ancient one. This man you brought to a Christian place from some Asiatic sinkhole of the godless. Be careful how you speak in the presence of the prophet. You mean that man there? Yes, minister. I am the prophet. Prophet? Where is my daughter Isabel? She is leaving this house on the cliff tonight. Tell Reverend Colby she does not wish to go. I... Tell him, Mrs. Ackley. Your daughter Isabel does not wish to go. Good night, Reverend Colby. I I do not believe you. Let me see her. Let her tell me herself. She does not wish to see you. Get beyond the iron gates quickly, for in five minutes my servants will release my trained guardians. I'm not afraid of that unholy pack of black panthers of yours. They are dangerous, Minister. Trained in my native land. Trained to hunt and kill animals or men. Go now. Very well. I'm going. But I'll be back. I'll be back. Why, why do the panthers scream? It is an omen of death. Whose death? Tell me. The future is so plain to you. Tell me who is going to die. I see the minister, Reverend Colby, standing in the pulpit of his church, turning these simple fishing folks against you, Mrs. Ackley. Reverend Colby... Is going to die. But how? The wrath of the Ancient One will strike him down with the voice of thunder and the tongue of fire. Ackley's house on the cliff to bring my own daughter, Isabel Colby, home. But I could not see her, could not speak to her. She is lost to me, and therefore let my own sorrow be a warning to those of you in this village whose sons and daughters may go to that house of the devil, to this man who dares desecrate the name of prophet. Now, let us offer a prayer for the mistress of Casamani. So rich in worldly goods and worldly knowledge, and so long one of us 
kindly and generous until of late, and now ailing in mind and spirit, who hath turned from God to follow the pathway of a disciple of Satan. Let us pray. We beseech thee, have mercy on this poor lost one who hath strayed from the fault. with him, and whom he loved so well. We return the body of our beloved minister, Reverend Colby, return him to the earth, ashes unto ashes, dust unto dust. Yes, but where, Lamont? The fog's so thick I can't see a thing. This is the little village where the Reverend Colby and ten of his parishioners were killed by a mysterious explosion in his church. Oh, that was horrible. But, Lamont, it happened days ago. What can we do? Murder has been committed, Margot. Wholesale murder. And the killer or killers are still at large. But according to the newspaper report... Yes, I know. The paper said the authorities have been unable to uncover a possible motive. Investigation is hampered by the refusal of the fisher folk of this quaint little village to cooperate. Perhaps they're afraid to talk, Lamont. Yes, it's surprising what superstition can do. What about this rich Mrs. Ackley you were talking about, Lamont? Where does she fit into the picture? I don't know, Margot. All I know is that about three months ago, she returned from the Far East with a man who calls himself the Prophet. This man claims to be the leader of a cult worshipping a deity known as the Ancient One. Is there such a cult? There was, but it was stamped out nearly five centuries ago because its ceremonies and rituals included... Human sacrifice. Human sacrifice? Yes. Oh, how horrible. Then you think there is a connection between this so-called prophet, the destruction of this Christian church, and the murder of Reverend Colby? Margot, I don't know. I'm going into that cottage down the road. There are some Christians. I'll wait in the car. Oh, that awful foghorn. It gives me the creeps. You'll be safe here, Margot, but don't get out of the car. All right. Now, Lamont Cranston and the Shadow are going to find out something more about this mystery of the house on the cliff. Step. Yes? Yeah? Someone's at the door. Don't answer. And why not, Marthy? You think it's a ghost from the marshes or that devil from the cliff house? Yeah. Who's there? Don't open the door, Seth. Stranger, I've lost my way in the fog. Well, tell him there's but one road back to the mainland. Uh, leave this to me, Marthy. Where, uh, where are you heading for, stranger? Can you tell me how to get to Mrs. Ackley's place, Casa Mane? Yes, I could, but I won't. Wait, don't close the door. I'd like to ask a few questions. Uh, questions, huh? Well, ask him, but I'll not warrant an answer to anybody going to that house. You needn't be afraid of me. <laughs> I am Captain Seth. Fifty years I have sailed before the mast, and I'm not afraid of man, devil of the sea. Uh, who be you? I'll tell you this much, Captain Seth. I'm yes? here to put an end to the thing that made your wife afraid to let you open this door. I can't see you out there in the dark, but... Uh, uh... Seth! Huh? Those Panthers, they've come down to the village again. What? Panthers? Who's are they? The prophets. Uh, step into the house, stranger. They'll tear a man to pieces. <coughs> well, what ails you, Marthy? The blue light. It's him coming in the gate. He always carries... <laughs> well, let him come. Get in the house, stranger. Well, Marthy, there's nobody here. Where is that fellow gone? He was here a second ago. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he run for it. Death. What do you suppose that prophet fellow wants of us? Get away from the door, Marthy. I'll deal with him. Good evening, my good captain. Stop where you be. I'll not have the likes of you in my house. A stranger came here. His car is down the road. The spirit of the ancient one told me of his coming. Who was the stranger? 
Where has he gone? To all your questions, I'll give you one answer. Get your howling beasts and your heathen godless self back to the house on the cliff, or I'll blow you to the very door of Hades. No man threatens the prophet and lives. Get out! Very well, Captain. Since you will not tell me, I will find him. My servants are watching his car. We will find him. <laughs> He'll need all the unearthly powers you claim to find a man in this fog. Good night. I'll find him. He can't be far away. <laughs> no. Not far away, but close to you. In the dark shadows and the swirling mist. Who speaks? I am looking for a man with blood on his hands. The blood of a minister and ten innocent people he murdered. Are you a man hiding in the fog? Do not try so hard to pierce the fog. You cannot see me, for I am the shadow. The shadow? A voice without physical presence? Only a voice? No, my friend. In my native India, such things are known. But not here. The powers of mesmerism have spread beyond the gray monastic walls of the yogi priests. Modern science has advanced their ancient art. Perhaps. But I am still stronger than you. Strong enough to do what I have set out to and do. what is that? I will not tell you, Shadow. And no one, not even you with your borrowed powers, shall stand in my way. For I, I am the prophet. Prophet of the Ancient One. Master, Master, the stranger, he does not return to the automobile. But a young woman is there waiting for him. So, could it be, Shadow, that you are the stranger we seek, that your companion waits for you? Laka. Yes, Master. Go quickly, I will follow. Seek the girl. She will be useful to us. Very useful. If I cannot reach the Shadow, I can reach. His companion. Yes, Martha. Matau and the Panthers watch her. She will not escape. Do you hear, Shadow? Yes, I hear. Save her if you can. You say you are a man. If that is true, then my Panthers will smell you out whether they can see you or not. There's the car. Aka, seize the girl. Matau is a girl. Matanalo. Matanalo. Come here, Cover him up, you fools. Take her to the house on the cliff. We will keep her with Isabel Colby. She shall be tortured until she tells us what she knows. At the beginning of this program, I made you a suggestion. To protect your family's health and save real money in the bargain, burn blue coal. Now, here's the reason for blue coal's superiority. This fine home fuel is selected Pennsylvania anthracite, an American product mined by the Glen Alden Coal Company. And anthracite supplies clean, uniform, healthful heat from cellar to attic, burned steadily, completely, down to a fine, powdery ash. So you see, anthracite combines all of the essentials necessary for perfect heating results. What's more, anthracite is the fuel that furnaces, parlor stoves, and cooking ranges in this part of the country were especially designed to burn. And the cream of all anthracite is blue coal. No wonder it is the largest selling brand of solid fuel in America. No wonder blue coal sales in Auburn, New York this winter show a 15% increase over sales for the same period a year ago. Blue coal is especially prepared for home use. Every carload is laboratory tested for purity and uniform size before shipment from the mine. And every piece of blue coal is trademarked with an unmistakable blue tint so that you can identify it at a glance. So when you're buying Auburn, New York homeowner, ask for blue coal by name. You can get it in four popular home sizes, egg, stove, chestnut, and pea. Order a trial ton from your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. You'll find him listed in the where to buy it section of your classified telephone directory under the name Blue Coal. House. I don't know. But who are you and why are they keeping you locked up in this room? Oh, I'm Isabel Colby. 
My father was Reverend Colby, the minister of the little fishing village down the cove. He's dead. He's murdered him. Yes, I know. But you, why are you here? I used to be Mrs. Ackley's companion and secretary before she brought this man, the prophet, to the house. But now, that Hindu has some sort of hold over her, over her mind. He calls her a high priestess, and she let him lock me up in here. Oh, how terrible, Miss Colby. What is happening in this house to Mrs. Ackley and to you? I don't know. It has something to do with a, a ceremony that the prophet says he and Mrs. Ackley must perform. The climax of some strange religious ritual. They go through day after day in Mrs. Ackley's private chapel. He's changed it into a place he calls the Temple of the Ancient One. This morning, he came here and said, I'm to be what he calls the Bride of Death. They're going to take me to that temple tonight. Do you know why? Yes. To kill me. Oh, no. Mrs. Ackley is the high priestess who's going to sacrifice me to that horrible deity they worship. <laughs> Don't give up hope, Isabel. There's still a chance we'll get out of this place, both of us. Lamont, Lamont, why don't you come before it's too late? Maybe this is... Back up! I knocked it off. Don't let him take me! Don't! Isabel Colby, the time has come. The high priestess is waiting to perform her ceremony in the temple of the ancient... No, no! Masala! Yes, master. Take the girl Isabel to the shrine. Tell the high priestess to prepare the girl and herself for the wedding... Of death. Come. My master commands. No, no. I won't get your hand off me, Colby. Jesus, thank God. Yes, master. I kill her now. No. Azor, take the girl Isabel to the shrine. Wait there for me. Prepare the sacred fires. Purify the sword of the ancient one. The sacrificial altar is ready. And death is waiting for his bride. Yes, my father. No! No, you're going to murder me like you murdered my father. Now, strange girl, I will deal with you. <laughs> no, prophet. You will deal with me. The shadow. Oh, thank heaven you've come. You, the shadow here? How? There are panthers chained at every door. It was easy, prophet. Oh, I knew the shadow would come. I knew he couldn't be far away. Oh, you do know this shadow. This slinking coward who fears to show himself. Who hides himself in the shadows. Shadow, the prophet is going to kill Reverend Colby's daughter. He's going to make Mrs. Ackley kill her in some fantastic ceremony. Yes. In a few minutes she will be dead and you cannot stop it. Clever scheme. You've numbed the failing mind of Mrs. Ackley with drugs. Made her do your will, sign a fortune over to you. Your knowledge will not help you now, Shadow. You plan to have Mrs. Ackley commit murder. Turn her over to the police. Blame her for the death of Reverend Colby. With a fortune in your hands, discard your role of prophet and disappear. You are clever, Shadow. Yes, that is my plan. It is a pity such a mind as yours will soon be lost to the world. Within an hour, after Mrs. Ackley has obligingly murdered the girl, Isabel, this house will burn. A tank of gasoline in the cellar will explode. And this will be the funeral pyre of the Shadow and his beautiful young companion. But I must go now. They are waiting for me. <laughs> You are not going through that door. It is locked. You lie. It is. Aka! Stop! They cannot hear you. They're waiting for you in the temple, and I have the key to the door. You are not too clever, Shadow. Give me the key to the door, and I shoot this girl. Take that gun away from her head. Throw the key upon that table, quick. Don't give him the key. I'm not afraid of him. I shall count to three, Shadow. If I don't get the key, it's a pity. But this beautiful girl shall die. One. You wouldn't. Two. Three. Ah. You are wise, Shadow. You fiendish devil. I'll show you the Shadow can do more than warn, threaten. Take that. Ah. Oh, Lamont. Oh, Lamont, are you all right? Yes, but I'm afraid I knocked the prophet out cold. Margot, take that key. Get out of here. Down the hall. There's a door. Take the prophet's gun. Drive to that cottage I visited tonight. Get Captain Zeth to call the villagers. Tell them they can help to avenge the murder of their friends. What are you going to do? They may kill Isabel before I can get help. Never mind. You hurry and get help. All right. I'll go. I'll, I'll get Captain Zeth to round up the people of the village, and then I'll come back. Very well, Margot. I may need your help. Come back to this room. I'll be back in a few minutes.
Lamont. Yes, Margot? I saw Captain Jeff. The people of the village are coming. He's calling them together. You can't wait for him, Margot. Beyond that door, at the head of the stairs, death is waiting for Isabel Colby. The prophet's followers are there awaiting his appearance. But the prophet's still lying here unconscious on the floor. Nevertheless, he will not disappoint them. Lamont, I, I don't understand. Margot, I'm going to ask you to do a very dangerous thing. I want you to put on the prophet's robe, cover your face with a hood... And walk in there as the prophet. Very well, I'll do anything I can. You know that. Do not show your face till you reach the altar. Don't speak. Keep close to Isabel Colby. Watch Mrs. Ackley and leave the rest to me. Yes, Lamont. I, I understand. I'm ready. O ancient one, vision of eternal life, before of thy altar the youthful maiden waits. Thy ancient sword, her spirit, to release unto thine own. Her blood is pledged, her soul is thine. Metanalo etilasi. All is in readiness, Master. Metawa, look. The hood covers the Master's face. The hour has come for the ritual to begin. See, Master. The girl Isabel is lashed to the altar of the Ancient One. The sacred fires burn in the jeweled torches. All is in readiness, Master. All as you have commanded. Matawa, bring Mrs. Ackley. Prepare her to make the sacrifice. I, I am ready. Ready to do the will of the prophet. To plunge the sword into the girl's heart. But I am afraid. To give me strength. We will to do the things you have told me I must do. If I am to be high priest of the ancient one. Look, Matawa. It is strange. The master does not speak. Does not answer us. He goes to the shrine alone. Wait. He turns. He is lifting the hood of his robes. Aka, Look. It is not the prophet. It is a beautiful girl. It is the strange girl. The one the master stayed below to... What has happened to our master? Why do you wear the robes of the prophet? Uh-huh. You have been tricked. The man you serve as a god is a rogue. A charlatan. A fake. The voice, Matawa. That is not the voice of the prophet. It is not the strange girl speaking. See, her lips have not moved. No. It is the voice of the shadow. The shadow? The master warned us to beware of the shadow, Aka. Matawa, the master must be dead. The shadow has killed him. Prophet, the time has come. I must drive this sword into the heart of the bride of death. I will not fail. Don't. Don't do it. They're tricking you, making you murder me. And they'll kill you. No, they'll kill you. No, I shall be a high priestess. I shall live forever like the prophet, like the ancient one. Mrs. Ackley. Mrs. Ackley. Drop that sword. Drop that sword, Mrs. Ackley. Drop it, I say. Drop the sword. Yes. Drop the sword. Oh, Aka. Aka, look. <laughs> This shadow has broken the master's power over this woman. I am free now. Free of the spell. Oh, what have I done? He is stronger than the master. We must escape. We must get away. You will never get away. Never leave this house. Parker! The tower! The prophet! The girl wearing my robes! Throw your knives! Get up! Get up! I command you! No! No, prophet! We obey you no more! Obey me! You'll take us! Make us kill! For you are the true prophet of the ancient one! You defy me! Don't! Not the knife! Ah. Ah. See, the blood runs in his veins. Ah. He tells us he cannot die. Ah. Ah. Now we shall see. You fools! No, 
Now the shadow will destroy you. She is dead. The shadow spoke the truth, Matawa. He was not the true prophet. The true prophet of the ancient one was blessed with life. Everlasting. You were right, Arka. Quick, we must get away. Away from this shadow. You cannot escape for long. Your sins will find you out. Oh, Isabel! Isabel! You will be your safe. Yes, thanks. Oh, thank you. Won't you tell me who you are? I'm sorry. But I'm afraid I must remain anonymous until my work is finished. I will have to continue being known only as the shadow. Now here is John Barclay, Blue Coal's heating expert, with a few words of heating advice for you. Thank you, Ken Roberts. Good evening, friends. During the month of March, when the weather is very changeable, a cold spell and a warm spell, some homeowners get the impression that they're economizing on fuel by putting only a little coal on the furnace fire during milder days. As a matter of fact, that is one of the surest ways to actually waste fuel. Shallow fires burn coal quickly, have a tendency to go out easily, can't deliver sufficient heat, and make repeated refueling necessary. The truly economical way to fire a furnace is to keep a deep fire bed at all times. It should always be up to a level with the bottom of the fire door. In mild weather, if you like, you can leave a little heavier layer of ash on the grates. This will keep the fire burning very slowly, yet keep enough coal burning to provide sufficient heat should the outside temperature drop suddenly. Let me impress you with this important point. After putting uh, fresh coal on the fire, be sure to leave an exposed spot of live coals directly in front of your fire door. The hot spot will act as a pilot light and ignite the gases that come up from fresh coal. Allow these gases to become ignited before checking the fire. If you follow this method of firing throughout the changeable March weather, you will get the utmost in efficiency and economy from your furnace. However, if you still have difficulty in properly heating your home, call your nearest blue coal dealer and ask him to send a John Barclay serviceman to inspect your furnace. This service is free to blue coal customers. I thank you. Thank you, Mr. Barclay. And friends, don't fail to take advantage of the free John Barclay service. Phone your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. You have just heard a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious, and their similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Same time, same station, Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite, will again present another thrilling adventure of the shadow. Be sure to listen, and be sure to burn Blue Coal, the solid fuel for solid comfort. Yeah.